Welcome to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby have to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM, for the love of ham radio. In the March-April 2022 issue of On The Air, Paul Dancer, N1II, provides some basics about digital multimeters, or what some people call DMMs. In today's podcast, I'd like to expand upon Paul's article with some practical examples of how these devices are used, and I'd like to also dispense some DMM shopping tips as well. Let's take a moment to review exactly what a DMM really is. In a nutshell, a DMM is a piece of test equipment. It's a meter that can tell you many things depending on how you use it. A DMM can tell you what voltage exists at any point, and that's a DC or AC voltage, by the way. It can also measure the resistance of a circuit or a circuit component in ohms. Now, I should mention that a DMM cannot measure impedance. A DMM only measures resistance. Yes, impedance is expressed in ohms, and resistance is certainly part of impedance, but there's much more to it, as the On The Air magazine article discussed a couple of issues ago. To measure impedance, you need a much more sophisticated instrument. Its inability to measure impedance notwithstanding, a DMM can also tell you how much current a device is drawing. And some DMMs can perform more sophisticated tricks, such as evaluating the health of transistors and diodes. Before you go running out to find a DMM, however, let's spend some time describing the concrete ways in which a DMM can really help you. If after hearing those examples, you still want to purchase a meter, we'll talk about finding the DMM that's best for you, and at a price that won't break your budget. Imagine that you own a transceiver and you're using a DC power supply to run it at your home station. You breeze into your room, sit down in front of the radio, press the power button, and nothing. No sounds, no lights, nothing. Your transceiver seems to have just become a very expensive doorstop. You switched on the power supply, right? Of course, you look over to the nearby shelf, and sure enough, the light on the power supply is glowing. This doesn't tell you much, though. You need to find out if the power supply is truly working. Now you grab your DMM, switch the knob to DC measurement selections, and select, say, the 50-volt range. If your power supply is working, it will be generating at least 12 volts, so selecting the 50-volt measurement range is a reasonable choice. DMM measurement probes are usually colored red for positive polarity and black for negative polarity or ground. Looking at the output posts on the power supply, you'll place the black probe on the minus or negative terminal and then touch the red probe to the plus or positive terminal. 
You look at your meter and it says it's detecting 13.8 volts DC. That's a typical power supply voltage, so this means that the power supply is probably working as it should. You've just eliminated the power supply as the problem, but what about the cable? The one that attaches the power supply to the radio. Remove that cable from the radio and use your meter to measure the voltage at the connecting pins. Uh-oh, your meter isn't seeing any voltage on the pins. Well, now you know your radio is okay, but something is apparently wrong with the DC power cable because no voltage is getting to it. So, remove the cable completely from the power supply and the transceiver. Switch your meter to the resistance measurement. This is sometimes indicated by the Greek letter omega. Touch one probe, it doesn't matter which one, to one of the pins at the transceiver end of the cable. Touch the other probe to the corresponding pin at the power supply end of the cable. If you see the meter displaying zero resistance, this means these two pins are electrically connected. Perform the same test on the other power cable pin. If the DMM doesn't display zero resistance, you have a problem with that part of the cable. It's possible that the wire inside one of the plugs, maybe on either end, is no longer making a connection. Chances are you'll need to disassemble the plugs and find out which one's defective. Let's talk batteries. And we'll start with the battery in your car. Do you think your battery is perhaps getting a little flaky? Well, maybe it is, and your DMM can tell you. Set your meter to measure DC voltage and choose a selection above 12 volts. 20 or 30 volts should work pretty well. With your car engine turned off, touch the red probe to the positive, that's usually the red, terminal of the battery, and the black probe to the negative black terminal. Terminals are often marked plus or minus as well. If you're getting a voltage reading with a minus in front of it, you've got the probes on the wrong terminals. Just reverse them and you'll be okay. The battery's resting voltage should ideally be no lower than 12.6 volts. A battery that reads 12.2 volts is about 50% charged, and that's not a good sign. Anything less than 12.2 volts means your battery is very discharged. It's possible that your car's alternator isn't keeping your battery charged. When alternators fail in modern cars, you usually see a dashboard indication of some kind, but if your dashboard lights are clear and you haven't replaced the battery for a number of years, chances are good that the battery is reaching the end of its life. If you suspect an alternator problem, however, your DMM can test it as well. With the engine off, the battery voltage should be between 12.5 and 12.8 volts. With the meter still connected to the battery, start the engine. Of course, take care to keep your arms and hands away from any moving parts when the engine's running. Now look at your meter. You should see a higher voltage at the battery terminals, possibly in the range of, say, 13.8 to 15.3 volts. If you see a reading like this, it means your alternator is working as it should, and it's trying to charge the battery. This points the finger at a faulty battery. On the other hand, if the voltage doesn't rise, you may have a bad alternator and you need to take your car to a mechanic. But what about those small alkaline batteries? The ones you find in everything from smoke detectors to radios? Well, your DMM can test those too. 
The familiar AA and AAA battery types are typically 1.5 volts. If you suspect that a battery has gone bad, grab your meter, set it to read DC voltage, and select a measurement scale of about 10 volts or less. Touch the black probe to the negative side of the battery and the red probe to the positive side. A reading of 1.3 to 1.5 volts means that the battery is probably good. Anything less than 1.3 volts means the battery is likely bad. Remember, however, we're talking about non-rechargeable alkaline batteries. A perfectly good rechargeable battery can read just 1.2 volts. In our power supply example, we discussed using your DMM to find a problem by measuring the resistance in a wire. However, if all you want to know is whether a path for electricity exists between two points, maybe you don't care very much about the actual resistance reading. Modern DMMs make this kind of measurement, known as a continuity reading, very easy. In fact, with many models, you don't have to look at the meter at all. When you set the meter to measure continuity, many DMMs will make a sound when they detect that a very low resistance exists between two points. If you touch the meter probes to opposite ends of a wire, let's say, you may hear something like this. You don't need to look at your meter to know that there's an electrical connection between the probes. Just listen for the sound. This is a really handy feature to have in a DMM. I'll give you a real-life example of how I used the continuity function some years ago. I had installed an antenna on the trunk lid of my car, and I routed its coaxial cable inside and to my radio. But when I transmitted, the radio's meter indicated that the standing wave ratio, or SWR, was terrible. I knew I had assembled the antenna properly, so what was going on? Well, I grabbed my DMM and I clipped one of the probes to the negative terminal of my car's battery. I attached the other probe to a long piece of wire that stretched all the way to the trunk. My assumption was that the trunk lid was grounded to the rest of the car, meaning that it was electrically connected to the ground terminal of my car's battery. But if it wasn't, that could be causing my high SWR problem. I located the ground point on the antenna and touched it with the wire. Nothing. Not a peep from the meter. I touched the wire to a nearby screw in the lid. Still nothing. If the lid was grounded to the car body, there should have been an electrical path between it and the car battery. But my DMM said otherwise. I kept probing with my wire and when I touched it to a sheet metal screw inside the trunk, I heard... Aha! So that screw had an electrical connection to the negative battery of the car. I connected a short wire between that screw and the ground terminal on my antenna mount. The wire was just long enough so that it could extend when I opened the trunk. The result? Well, I had a 1.3 to 1 SWR at the radio, and the antenna worked like a champ. All thanks to my DMM. If you want to add a digital multimeter to your toolkit, you'll be happy to know that these devices really aren't very expensive. Unless you think you'll be building ham kits or fixing radios on a regular basis, avoid the more costly multi-featured meters. Some of these can run hundreds of dollars. 
Instead, you'll find that basic DMMs sell for around $25, and these are perfectly adequate. Beware, though, of the ultra-cheap meters that you might find selling below $10. They can sometimes suffer from poor accuracy. If you're comfortable spending about 50 bucks, consider a higher quality meter, such as perhaps a, a Fluke 101, which you'll find at retailers such as Amazon. Not only are meters like this more accurate, many offer a handy feature known as auto-ranging. This means that you won't have to select a particular voltage range when you use the meter. If you're measuring DC voltage, for example, you simply select DC, and the meter takes care of selecting and displaying the proper range for you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the March-April 2022 issue of On The Air magazine. We'll have a new issue to explore in just a few weeks, so be sure to catch next month's episode. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On The Air to ota at arrl.org, read our blog at arrl.org forward slash ota hyphen blog, or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY, 73.